Hello friends, welcome back to the Heart Couple Podcast. I am Jill Cuillard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we're here usually Thursdays. This week we'll be here on a Friday, uh, but we're talking to you about business and entrepreneurship and balance and life and everything in between. Um, and we wanted to take kind of a break from our regularly scheduled programming this week uh, to just kind of talk about some of the things that are going on because it's it's hard to just return to normal and act like everything's okay when, you know, it's not okay. Um, and I've seen a lot of people on social media finally taking that stance, which I think is good. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a... I feel like this week in particular, just because, like, it's like an unfortunate situation to say, okay, well, it's good, like something positive happened because of that negative thing. But I will say I've seen more people take a stand to kind of just be like, hey, I'm not sending out sales emails. I'm not doing social campaigns. I've gotten in touch with never. Like I'm taking a, like I'm not even on the internet right now. Like this week, like yesterday, I know a lot of my friends just turned off the internet and if you are listening to this in the future i'm sure there's a date but you probably didn't care or weren't paying attention this is may, what are we may 26 so this is just roughly this past so like in the past seven days we've had several shootings in particular one in buffalo and the school shooting that just happened in texas so that's just kind of why we're Talking about it. And obviously, we're probably, if you're in the future and you're not in the pandemic anymore, great. Uh, but we're still in COVID and it's ramping up right now, especially um, because in Florida we have some really high uh, transmission. So if you are in the future, you're a time traveler and you listen to the past and you're like, what are you guys talking about? This is the current event cycle that kind of spawned this episode. Yeah. So basically, you know, when the Buffalo shooting happened and this will happen sometimes for me when, like, a shooting will happen and – because, again, they're so often. Um, and I always need to, like, process, especially – like, I feel like it hits harder sometimes when you are – it's al- it's always hard for everybody and it's always terrible for everybody. But sometimes when it's, like, a community that it's, like, your particular community, things like that, it's going to sometimes affect you differently. Um, so, of course, like, over the years, some some – are worse than others. But for me, when that happened, I actually had COVID for the first time. Um, And I saw that it happened. And I said to myself, I don't, I can't mentally process this right now because I'm putting all my, like everything into getting better. And if I emotionally process this, it is going to destroy me and I'm going to be very mentally unwell and I'm trying to hold it together. So I was like, I'm going to process that when I don't have COVID. And so, you know, I continued to test, continued to take care of myself. Thankfully, I now don't have it anymore. Um, But around the time that I stopped having COVID was around the time that this school shooting happened. Um, And so it's, I think for a lot of people, it's like, you know, there was somebody who posted about their, their sister's a teacher and she hadn't found out yet. And she sent a video over to her sister of like some cool stuff that her kids had done that day. And she was like, you know, just having like a good day with her students. And she's she's like, oh, she doesn't know yet. And then she's like, oh, she told her later, oh, she she did know, but she couldn't process it because she was with her her students. She was with her babies at the moment. And she just had to like keep going through the day and process it later. And I feel like that's what it's like constantly like in America is that there's just so much violence, so much terrible happening all at once that you don't always even have the time to just like 
process it before there's something else going on. And to me, like really processing something like this, I mean, I don't know the time frame. I would think that like a lot of times you need like a month for something like this. Like I think about 9-11 and how long we took as a country, like how much time like, you know, it was talked about in the news and whatever, because it was like this big event and people talked about it for you know, months on the news. And and so it, everybody was able to process together and, and grieve together over time. But now like events on that scale happen all the time. Yeah. Um, just as a, because Christmas was like, I just, because we were trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about and like reschedule our guests and all the things that she obviously has had COVID. So I don't even bother her about the podcast other than like you get paid. So what's your PayPal? Uh <laughs> 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 like you just like money will make you feel better. Um, but there was a so to President Buffalo, there was a shooting in Milwaukee. I like I had to go Google what it was because I was telling you there was two different shootings yes. that I knew of. There was like yes. five or six that yeah. weekend. There was a shooting in Milwaukee that was like that injured seventeen people. That was a big deal. The Friday before Buffalo happened. And yeah. then there was a shooting on Sunday at a church that was also a hate crime in particular and uh, I, towards an Asian church. I think I heard about Buffalo because I'm black. Yeah, right. Know? So those so, things were like sandwiched in between. And there was two others that were very like, you know. Yeah, because as I was sick, like, you know, I'm just checking my, you know, I'm just checking my fun social media. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I wasn't. Social media was not fun when you were sick. It's not. <laughs> um, but it's like, so I think that like that popped up in my stuff because. It, no, not. just because it was, no, it was it definitely because of the, yeah it, the surround, like there was a manifesto, there was, mm-hmm. it was live streams, all of these things made it a bigger news cycle item. And so it's like, again, like we were talking about, like, when is the timeline to grieve? What is the timeline to deal with? xyz when all these things are happening in the world yeah and a lot of times time. like, it could be something else it could be that you work it could it could be like you have a huge problem like there's so many reasons that i feel like we need to like sometimes like disassociate for a moment and uh not deal and process with something in the moment and then come back to it um for a, a, just plenty of reasons people are parents people have sick parents people you know, it's just like a million things but that's the thing is just like you you're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna mentally deal with that next week and then by that point in time so, like something else has happened. Yeah, I don't think we mentally got to deal with as a society about this the U.S. hitting this one million mark because I feel like I was still in that space to me of like a million people losing their lives or something that we have no more federal protection for there's no more money being put in it so the government itself is not really doing anything to stop COVID it's not like COVID's gone away it's not getting any better it's not getting more deadly either which is kind of nice but however the effects we don't know long term so it's like exactly there's more people infected and that's not great because a lot of people you know, we live in America. Like, we don't have regulations on food. Exactly. We don't have right. We have mm-hmm. several food deserts. Like, most of the country is a food desert. It's hard to get, be healthy. And, yeah, it's and very difficult say, to be healthy. Like, I took COVID very seriously, and you know, like while we had it, I was taking it very seriously. And I'm still afraid of long COVID. I don't really like it's. There's no or just the like, reinfection. Like there's yeah, no timeline about. There's no science behind it. Like because there's not a lot of science. 
I'm not sure when you would or wouldn't know if you have long COVID, but like, honestly, the only reason that I was able to go through it the way that I did is because I have a large amount of privilege now that I've, that my, my, me and my brothers have built up for ourselves. Right. Um, like people say like, oh, you don't have to buy things and you don't, but being able to buy things to get through it makes it a lot easier of a situation. Being able to eat all organic, you know, uh, you know, food that is, you know, anti-inflammatory makes it a better situation. So not everybody is in a position to be able to do these things. And that's, it's, it's just like why COVID scares the shit out of me because like for society, you know, it's just not even at all. And there's no help. Like everything that we did, I mean, we went and did a rapid test, you know, for John and we spent like over a hundred dollars on that. Right. Because it's no longer a free option to, to get your rapid test. Yeah. There's nowhere to get a test. You have to spend a lot of money. And, and not to, I mean, we're lucky spent, to have a hundred dollars. That could make a yeah. somebody. <laughs> and we've spent, you know, hundreds in at home tests because we wanted to be able to first we like I didn't have it at first or at least I wasn't it wasn't showing up in me at first. And so we were separate for a few days and we were I was testing daily. Um and you know we both tested a lot over that course of like what two and a half weeks or so. Um and not everybody has that, you know, ability to be able to do that. So it's you know it's just I, I yeah. don't know. Our I mean, government, our government's just pretty much abandon people, and it's yeah. disgusting. And you have like multiple people in your house, whether you're, a, you know, caretaker with children, meaning your own children, or if you're a caretaker of someone who's a parent or a sibling who can't. As a caretaker, most of the times you're in a role where you cannot stop caring for those people. So if you are, and that was the biggest issue, it's like, and that's what happened with New York in the beginning. It's like New York has, a, you know matchbook sized apartments so multiple people living in these spaces that are very small of course infections were going to be very high because how can you get out yep. of it it's also winter the same thing here it's like even with omicron and like it being better but you're still as a caretaker you really are set up you, unless you have a bunch of money where you can have somebody come in and like take care of the people and da, 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 like you really are putting yourself and others at risk because you don't have a choice and You're i will not say feeling that's, the way yeah, you need to heal you can't that's take where a the break. privilege ran out because we do not have a big place so even though i tried to avoid him it was just like our apartment is not big so. Right. Well, and you like what's nice is that you're not in a space where you like have to have you know a kid right now, or like you don't and, have to and, and if we had a kid, things. I don't even the I think that the experience would have been much more terrible. Right. <laughs> like it would have been really, well, really, really hard. When they have COVID, and depending on the age, really, but I mean, any child mostly who's under middle school, from what I've heard, when they have COVID, if they have symptoms that are very difficult they have a rough time and it's yeah. really like you when you don't feel like I don't feel good as an adult you become a baby you know what I mean like yeah. so as a kid they can't regulate their emotions they don't know what's happening in their body it doesn't and it's, feel it's anxiety inducing as well because you know what COVID is and you know right. you know there's so many different things that can happen and it's really hard to get information um because you know there's not solid information from our country and so if you're looking on like other websites and stuff you're hearing all these different it's just a lot of information trying to be like taking in but you want to know like how do i take care of myself so you're seeking that information so it's, it's definitely just it's a lot it's yeah it's there's a lot going on so yeah and um, uh, you know doing that obviously on top of i don't know just everything in america is really rough right now um it's not it's 
not it's not good times um and you know i think that it's like our generation especially we grew up knowing about columbine and that was such a huge deal when we were kids like it was like just that one word everybody knew exactly what you were talking about it was so like it was such a foreign scary concept um and we obviously went to high school after that and you know i know that my high school was built uh, post-Columbine with a particular design to be able, like, th- w- that's what's so weird to me is that, like, even though we weren't, like, Columbine was like, oh my gosh, it's like this big incident, you know, whatever. It's like, instead of saying we're going to do anything about gun violence, even back then, they were like, well, time to start, like, making schools be more like prisons so that we can keep people safe that way. You know what I mean? It's like they never, like from the beginning, it was like not, they were not interested in doing gun control. You know what I mean? Like it's like they they immediately started building schools where you could lock down certain corridors, certain hallways if there was an active shooter. And it's just so strange to me that like they went there immediately instead of like trying to fight for gun reform, you know? Um, But yeah, that's how my high school was built. And, um, you know, of course, now they have, they're selling backpacks that can double as, you know, yeah. body armor for they children. They have Kevlar clothing for children, yeah, Kevlar backpacks that are lined. Um... So I don't want to get, like, too into the specifics of, you know, like, the school that your child goes to. But do you think that they're, that, like, private schools are typically safer? Or do you think it varies a lot from school to school? Um, it varies a lot of school to school. In the private school, obviously, um, there's a spectrum of different types of private schools, and there's like, I feel like there's tiers. And so, your lower tiered school, which a lot of people do choose as an option, especially if they have kids who have special needs or like, um, it's affordable, but a lot of times those are like the church schools that are like really small and like in old buildings and old rooms and just like a one room classroom type thing. Uh, people who are typically very religious a lot of times tend to choose those options and so those schools don't you know they don't really they don't make a ton of money like it's very inexpensive so their money is spent really on like books and feeding the kids and the teacher's salary and that's it they're not into the bills and whistles and stuff for those schools if you are mad you just open the gym door where kids are meeting for class and you do what you want to do you know what I mean like it's not they don't have money for that they don't have sports teams a lot of those schools and then you have kind of like the mid-tier schools which are where I kind of put our school into where they're a little bit more expensive, they're newer, they're nicer buildings, um, they're, depending on what they are, ours is really education focused in a global aspect, and so there's a lot of different spaces and things that are, as a new school, like again, this building was built in 2013, that's mm-hmm. different than a building that was built in 1975, <laughs> you know, it's a much easier to put in, you know, security things and install security, like to get new things updated, like I can't just nearly really walk into the school i need to have i don't know what they do like there's some sensor that they use and i'm like i feel like you need like an eye scan or something <laughs> i have no idea don't just walk in um that type of thing so it's very technologically advanced and closed up and etc but that's gonna stop weaponry okay and like high powered weapons can do it they don't care about your retina scan you, can do it, do it. you know so i mean it's nice because it is a i guess quote-unquote sense of security that doesn't stop kids from bringing weapons into schools 
that is not stop. Like I said, high-powered weapons, it's the weapons that were used. And because even that school, I think, had very reinforced doors and security, the school that did um, in Texas. So, you know, there's that thing. And then you have the very, very expensive private schools, which a lot of times are older and like college campuses. So they really, the security is, it varies because it's like, they're not putting metal detectors in very expensive private schools because it's ugly. <laughs> Just yeah. keeping it real. Like these buildings are historic most of the time. They are like very expensive, like, you know, private campus, like school, like a Harvard, a Yale, a Princeton in your little state. They're very expensive, old brick buildings six or seven on like several acreage where they have archery and pools and horses and da da da. So students kind of just come and go as they, there's not that much security to me in those bigger, I've gone to them, I visit them, I've gone to play against, like there's and sometimes less security. There is usually like a security guard, like at the, like the road to get your car into. But if you know what you're doing, like I have friends who lived near a school, they could just walk through this quote unquote, you know, there's always just a thing. So I feel like, I don't know what you could do from a building perspective. I was just at town hall for an event downtown um, last week. And they were like, well, scan your ID. And I was like, yeah, scan my ID. It's going to stop me from being, you know, I did the metal detector or whatever, but I'm like, if I'm a caterer and I just go to the bed, I can, you know what I mean? Like I knew the caterers who were going to the bed. If I needed something, we had stuff coming in. I was like, I could just, this is a false sense of security. (laughs) And they scanned my ID. They didn't scan everyone at the event IDs. So there were some people who were like, what do you mean they scanned your ID? I was like, they scanned my ID. They were like, oh, I didn't scan my ID. I just walked in. Of course. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, that's that's a government building. That's Mm -hmm. the city's government building. That's not like a little rinky-dinky town hall here in our town. That's like downtown Orlando's town hall where the mayor lives and all this other stuff. Or not lives, but works in his office and all this stuff. So I don't know. I can't. I don't have a thought about what a building or what a school or what they could do possibly to become safer because I feel like all of those things have been proven to fail. <laughs> if that's a, like, it sounds mean. No, I, I completely agree. There actually. were officers outside of the school that engaged with this person. Mm-hmm. The person still got in. The doors were, and then what, like you're saying now, they were like, the officers couldn't get in because the doors were locked. I was like, what well, this person, get? you know what I mean? There's no, so that doesn't work. Uh, metal detectors, there's metal detectors at almost every school that there's been a, that doesn't work I don't know I don't think the buildings and the school is the solution, I don't I'm, and for me I'm like you know like I definitely feel like for not just for this but for other reasons like I've always considered homeschooling but when it comes to gun violence like that's not going to stop that because again going to the grocery store, going to a concert, going to the movies, you know what I mean? It's just, it's prevalent everywhere, which is a big part of the reason why I do enjoy like theme park culture so much because you have to be (laughs) like, go through security to go on property. It's like one of the few places in America that you can know like, oh, no one here has guns because everyone has to go through security. And that's, it's sad that that's the truth, but like, that's what it is. And so to me, I think that the the only solution is literally like gun reform. Like there's like nothing else is working. Um, so I did want to say I wanted to mention that every town is a nonprofit that is, you know, working yes. to and, you know, end all of 
this nonsense is happening and, and they want gun safety. And again, we're not even saying like no guns ever. It's just having some sort of common sense when we're letting people buy guns and, and that sort of thing. Um, and keep in mind, like, you know, depending on where you live, because I know we have people listening from all over the country and even all over the world. Um, so if you're not in America or you just don't know this, because a lot of people in America don't, um, our gun laws change drastically from state to state. So there's some states where, like in Florida, we have, um, uh, you get a concealed weapons permit. And so that means you can carry your For gun. For now, they're about to stop with having you. concealed weapons permits. That is in, right now, they don't want those anymore. They yeah, so not, most, like, so. basically what it means <laughs> is that most places you you go, most places you can bring your a gun. weapon as long as it's concealed. And so you could even say concealed could just be like in a holster type. Yeah, of it's thing. in a holster in your on your and side. And that's it. Right. And that's like that's concealed. Now there's states like Texas where it's like open carry and you can just like have your gun your rifle in Walmart, which happens all the time. Yep, and you can just carry it right on you, not try to hide that you're carrying it. And I'm not sure if that if you have to be licensed to do that, or everybody can do that. I'm not really sure because I've never been to Texas. Um, and then I think you do have to be licensed to do it. um, Yeah, and then there's other states that are more normal, (laughs) where you can't do either of those things, and you can't just bring guns to everywhere. Um, but because with state lines, it's like, you know, people drive across state lines. Stuff, so it's like everything gets very fuzzy and we end up with gun violence everywhere, even in the states that maybe have some better gun laws, because it's like you can just drive over state lines, you know what I mean? And and be ridiculous. So, yeah. So I think that it's important that we focus on, you know, gun safety as a country and not just state to state. Um but with every town, you can head to their website, and it's really easy for you to reach out to your officials and write to your officials. Um, or you could also just text ACT to 64433, so ACT to 64433, and they will send the direct information to your phone so you can basically figure out some next steps to take. And if you, like me, get flustered on the phone, um, I put up a script on my social media yesterday. I'll put one up on um, our social media, and I'll just keep putting them up, different scripts, because I know that sometimes it can be very helpful to have a little script. If you're listening to this, maybe, and it's like a few weeks later, but you still want to, um, you know, do that and you need help with the script, just jump in my DMs. Um, and I will send you some different scripts you can use. But yeah, it's it's as simple as sometimes just leaving a message or talking to one person. And it, it takes all of us doing that repeatedly to like actually make a difference. Because if you're not loud about things, then people aren't going to listen. And, you know, I basically compare it to like the mask situation. When we had these kids wearing masks in schools, there were parents at school board meetings that were losing their minds. Were still... Unhinged. Still, for critical race theory, yep. uh, the county's board meeting with parents just screaming at officials telling them that all books are racist. And so. it was like the people who were the loudest are the people who got what they wanted. And those people are not even the majority in America. They're actually not the no. majority. And they're getting what they want with CRT. The so it's like, mm-hmm. they, it does work. You just have to, I mean, you, it works when the system wants it to work. And yeah, I like live people. <laughs> You gotta be loud. You gotta go. If you live in a place where there's, you know, 
a lawmaker that has anything to do with these. Like if you can be outside Brett Kavanaugh's house, you got to do it. You know, like, the, like you have to make these. Like not in Florida because people, they will arrest you. So like, don't go. Yes. Anyone's it house is, here. We have laws. Somewhere. We have a law now. <laughs> and you want to make sure that you, um, you're going after politicians that, you know, can actually make these decisions. So that's why it's like important to look it up. And if you don't live in a state or an area where you have somebody that's making, I mean, everybody lives in a state area where they're technically making the decision, but you might live very far from, you know, where the offices are and that sort of thing, or where those people live. Um, see if you can contact somebody who lives closer and just send them 10 bucks or something and be like, Hey, get some water for the people that are going to go out and do this. Just like supporting those people. Yeah, find the grassroots efforts. There's so many mm-hmm. in your local areas. And I have a lot of friends who are expats who don't live here who do have homes in other states. Um, they typically, if you're in a, that's the situation, just emailing your representatives will help. Mm-hmm. And then also, again, like Charisma said, you have to script, but also help other people craft emails who are still over here in the States or are in those American schools maybe who have kids, you know, so get together and get a grassroots, you know, movement in your schools if you're overseas to try to figure out how you can help students. Or So when your kids do return, even if it's just a visit, you feel a little bit safer um, because yes. that's why a lot of people do. I mean, I honestly, a lot of people I know who have kids, that's why they left the country is because they were like, it's not safe. There's no regulation. Yep. I don't feel comfortable. I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars for false security at a private school. I'm not going to a homeschool. That's not my ministry it's easier for me to just pick up and move out of the country until change happens. And that's been decades of years, yeah. but some other resource that I did want to offer, I shared this on Instagram yesterday was from the every mom where they talked about just some, some things to talk to you about your kids about school shooting. Cause I understand that's a very hard topic to, to reach. Like I personally haven't had, we've had some, some different, like after, Buffalo, you went to Costco. And I was like, let's talk about the exits in Costco. And this is what you do. And this is how you get out. And this is how you need to, you know, as I just said, hey, in case, because I think it's been a little bit of time since they've had an active shooter drill. Maybe it was at the beginning of the school year mm-hmm. and because of COVID. And so, so and you know, so she, like, her brain doesn't think that way. And I haven't really breached this even this conversation because I don't want to enforce trauma on my child when I don't have to. But having conversations about safety and understanding things, and if someone brings it up, what the response is. So the Every Mom wrote a like, nice guide from a psychiatrist who gave some different tips and pointers. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. There are like four books that they also included. And one was When the World Feels Like a Scary Place, Talk to Your Kids, Conversations with My Kids, and Parenting with Love and Logic. And they're all in this carousel. So I will put all the links to those because I think as a parent or even as a caretaker, as a, you know, like a not as a grandparent, uh, as anybody who has Oh, I read through it when kids. you posted that. I read through it because I'm going to see Addie and Ava this weekend. And Ava particularly, like when there's Very. something happening in the news, like she'll come right up to you and say what the thing is and want to like talk about it. Yeah. And so, you know, and it just depends on how you run your house and how you want to have those conversations. But I do find that having some type of guidance is extremely helpful, especially from someone who is in the, that's the way I, I live my life. Like I was just uh, at a situation with my OB who does the health talks at our school to the teenagers. And so she was talking about how she's going to start speaking to the elementary school students as well, because puberty starts so young now. Um, so I was like, I can't wait. And I'm going to have questions for you also on my child's birthday. So <laughs> we're going to sit down and we're going to have a talk. We're going to hang out. And so 
that's just the way I am. And if you're similar to me and you kind of like having a doctor to guide you through some of these difficult conversations where you don't have, I don't have a doctor in any of these things. So I would love a psychiatrist or a psychologist to tell me how to start these conversations that I don't end up traumatizing or creating harm. Because the, the biggest thing with older millennials or us, people like us who like, we had unfiltered television access to so much trauma Mm -hmm. and it really does show up in a lot of people's lives of anxiety or stress or especially when these things happen because we watched all of this live happening so many times and so now you could be 40 years old driving in your car and hear school shooting your palm just you know it's just a trauma response so I'm trying to not have that happen to my child the way I deliver news and the way I have conversations because I have a choice and that's the way I live my life so yes. uh, definitely we'll share those links so you can feel a little bit more prepared if you are unsure of what to do, how to speak to a two-year-old about a school shooting, how to talk to someone who has already done drills. What, did, what are the questions you ask? So all of that is in that slide. So I will send those um, into the show, show notes. Yeah, and if you're looking to get involved, whether it's you know making donations, whether it's organizing something where you are, or whether it's just like learning more information, um, these are some great organizations that are already working to stop gun violence um, that you can go and see what resources they have. So one of them is Brady Buzz. One of them is Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. There's March for Our Lives. And there's Moms Demand. Um, so they all have great information. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, but they're great resources for you to get involved and do something. And like, again, it doesn't have to be hard. Like you can host a little get together with friends, you can grab a whole bunch of postcards ahead of time and you can all write postcards to representatives and mail them out. Like, but doing something like that and getting, getting that into your, uh, you know, social calendar more regularly is what we need to start doing. Like you can't just do something one time and expect change and you can't just be sad or post something and expect change. I think that it's totally fine to post something. I think it's great to raise awareness and I think it's good for us to have conversations and talk about it. But you have to actively be contacting representatives. And if you honestly, if you want to be unhinged and, and yell at them, like the people with the mask, I, I think that's good I, for me personally, because I'm just like, listen, they like, I, I don't know if like we all saw the meeting where they kicked my man out for just literally saying, hey, this um, Beto went up to the good. He was very, very nice. Miss Abbott and told her, please stop. And um, the mayor of the town, which I have not even listened to the news, so I have no idea how to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to do it, screamed at him. Yeah, <laughs> and was like, he was there like, was a tragedy that happened here. Get out. He was like, sir, like you're, I don't know. He was just like yelling and he was like, this is like, you're, you're like being on call for blah, blah. And he was like, literally not like he was being so calm i mean if you know beto roar he's such a calm human person even as he's angry like he's yeah. Intel, he's very upset but he was very calm, so in his calm. and he just simply was like literally like we shouldn't let children be murdered and like everybody was on that stage was yelling at him and telling him that he was out of line you're like and you're so- out of line I'm like, if you want to go to these, you know, th- like imagine if everyone who was in the crowd was on his side and also stood up and said, absolutely not. Don't kick him out. Y'all are the ones who are not doing anything and we're not going to stand for it. Like if we brought that energy, like we need to be matching energy to energy. I'm sorry. Like I am not a when they go low, we go high type of 
person. I used to be that person. I'm not that person anymore. Because I don't even think Michelle Obama is that person anymore, honestly. I hope I hope not. <laughs> I don't I don't think she is that person anymore. I feel like yeah. if you actually talk to her about that quote, she'd probably be like, now I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I hope not because I'm just like that has been like the democratic motto for so long. And I'm like, it doesn't work. We need to be angry and we need to be like no, this is not acceptable in this country. We will not stand for it. We are going to be at your meetings. We are going to be yelling like y'all did about masks. We're going to be yelling about gun violence. It's crazy because masks, they talked about so much trauma. And I know so many people who agree with that. And it's so hard. And it was so difficult on the kids. Our home virtual school was so detrimental. Which honestly, with these scores that have come back this past few years, it kind of was. Uh, I'm like looking at scores from the kids and like the, the average scores have gone down so much that that probably is true um, but the a lot kids, of what that kids, tells me though but it's, it's parenting parents, it has nothing to do with yeah, teachers it had 100% did nothing to do with parenting <laughs> they didn't and I can tell you that they did because when John was teaching um, elementary this was not even well it's, a, su- it's a summer slide every teacher could tell you at any yep. time when a child comes back from summer summer slide is a real thing and we just had that yep. conversation for our last like teacher conference uh that we had this week and she was saying yeah a lot of kids experience summer slide but it's not like because they've done maps that's thing with this kid she's like she hasn't really experienced it i'm like well yeah because this is what we do because she was like oh we're gonna bring home a summer bridge book and i was like oh i already bought <laughs> like i already i already have a stack of books i'm not kidding i'm <laughs> sitting there just waiting because but i understand even, as a like, parent that's my job even like middle of the year like you know when during christmas yeah well, no no not even oh, not even then? not even breaks i'm saying like when you're just in like regular school time and like routine should be established you had parents that would be like oh well i don't want to have to be quiet in my home because you're in school so i'm going to do what i want to do this was like a constant thing where you'd hear like background noise and like if you you know addressed it like that was the parents like thought process and then parents would do things like Oh, well, I feel like eating out in the middle, like in the middle of this pandemic before there's vaccines, I feel like eating out. So we're going to go on a three hour lunch and my kid is coming and they're just going to be late back to school. This was like all the time. And again, even when John worked at like the quote unquote best school district in the nation, like this is how people were behaving. So I'm just... I'm just saying, I think that had something to do with it as well, is that the support you knew, but Olive Garden was given soup, salad, and breadsticks. Kids under 12 eats free. So it was yep. so important to rather have done that than to learn how to multiply or write essays. Right. So I also just want to bring up, I did not realize this. I posted about it yesterday. I knew that crying was like good and it released toxins and then it like helped you sleep and stuff. Um, but I didn't know that it activates like your, I'm going to like say it incorrectly, but like your parasympathetic system, yep, which helps you like regulate like rest and digestion. Mm-hmm. Like digestion happens yep. a lot when we rest because it's a good time to do it because our body is chill. So it activates that sim- like that symptom in your or system in your body. And I was like, that's really awesome. So please cry if you feel like you need to. I cried yesterday. Um, it is self-soothing. It, you know, I watched just have this is us yesterday. So, oh yeah, I even know how that went. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it in so long, but I'm thinking like maybe I'll take like a few days and catch up so I can just like cry nonstop. Um, and then when it comes to like your mental health and taking care of yourself, I think a lot of times people are looking for ways to like reinvent the wheel. But I think it's always like great to go 
back to the basics and to just focus on because it's everything is a lot right now right so it's like if you can just say like I'm gonna walk for 20-30 minutes I'm gonna let the sun shine on me I'm gonna eat five vegetables or five fruit you know I'm gonna drink some water I'm going to talk to a friend um you know I'm gonna compliment a friend like doing the basics like can be a lot and I think that when we're so focused like with mental health and self-care and all that people get very focused on doing like other things like well I've got to do you know I need to go to Cancun I need to go to Tulum (laughs) yeah like I've got to travel I've got to like I've got to do this really hard workout that I don't want to do for 30 minutes I've got you know all these different things and I'm like I need to buy a Peloton (laughs) like if you have the money to buy a Peloton that's going to stress you out so don't do it (laughs) if you can't do the basics like because that's the thing is like sometimes we are you so can't walk drink water like, oh i've got to go work an extra job so I, so I can get a peloton instead of just walking and let me tell you like the walking is going to probably do for you just as much if not more because you're outside you're breathing in fresh air you've got the sun you know and it's simple you don't there's no barrier to doing it you just well, most of the time get walking shoes and i promise you you don't even need the expensive 400 dollars no. shoes you can just get a really crappy pair of shoes from Target at this point, $30, put them on, lace them up, and go walk. Like, you don't even need the fancy shoe. Unless you have a foot problem, then that's a different story. But if you're a regular, regular foot, put on regular sneakers, go for a walk 30 minutes a day. If you could do two miles, is usually, like, a good pace if you have that much time. But literally, like, 30 minutes a day will improve your life. And if you are in a position at the moment where you can't walk, sitting outside, it will do a lot for you. Like just getting some sun, like it will, like seeing, seeing the sun for about 15 minutes every day can make a huge difference. Getting that vitamin D, you know, makes a huge difference. Drinking water. Um, I saw the other day a doctor post on Twitter that she had a client come in and the client had not drank water, like just doesn't drink water. Is she and- and she was saying like the things she drinks which are like coffee um i think like sports drinks and something else and so they're they're starting with her just drinking one glass of water a day that is like her first diagnosis and that's like very hard for this client and i'm like and this client is having you know this patient i should say is having all sorts of issues and that's why she was at the doctor and it's like this is definitely part of the reason why is because we're not drinking any water so especially if you're in florida right now or anywhere that has you know if you're on the east coast you have hot summers you need to get serious about water it is going to be a very hot summer not to mention covid will still be everywhere and you know for the time being probably gun violence so it's like we're gonna have a lot that we're going let's to be hydrated you yeah, know? Least, yeah, like, don't let the hydration be the worst of your problems yeah if you're not hydrated to face the trauma that Americans face every day and that people are facing in this world, just at least be hydrated. That's, that's all I can say. And I will say that for me, um, with COVID, I did use the like hydration packs, the IV liquid IV. Mm-hmm. Post those. I don't typically use them a lot because, um, I don't like to, to have added sugar that I don't like have to have unless it's like delicious chocolate. Right. Cause I'm just like, why waste the sugar? Like, you know, points basically. Um, so a lot of like, you know, Powerade, Gatorade, a lot of those drinks are super sugary. I will say that like the added like powder things are less sugary, but they, unfortunately, a lot of them will like 
become a thing, become popular, and then they redo the formula and add more sugar. I guess because people complain it's not like it doesn't taste good enough. Um, so I liked liquid IV for a while. They redid their formula and added more sugar. So that kind of sucks. It's still not as bad as like Gatorade or Powerade, but it's just kind of like a little sugary, more sugary than it needs to be. Um, but I will say that when you have COVID, that doesn't matter. You need to be hydrated. Um, so that made a huge difference for me um, from before when I wasn't drinking it. And then I was like, I'm going to go ahead and drink this. And I felt so much better. So anytime that we also do, like, if we're going to go out to like, you know, a state park or something, we know we're going to be like walking. For yeah. Outside. Like, we do it the day before yeah. so that we start really feeling like hydrated. So please do that. Um, again, talk to a friend, just, you know, touching base with somebody, even if you don't necessarily want to talk about at the moment what's going on, if you don't want to process, maybe you just need like a, a break, but just talking to a friend about something else, something light, if, if that's what you need to do, but it's just important to stay in touch with people. And then if you have those basics done, then you can get into like, let's do a hobby or let's do something fun, you know, and, and make, make failed, it fun. Um, if you feel like you're really in a crisis again get in touch with one of the hotlines, have someone, reach out to someone who can drive you to a center, to a place where they can treat you immediately. Because I think what also happens a lot of the times that people do find themselves in these intense mental health crises and can't make choices and can't make decisions and are overwhelmed and like, you just don't know what to do with your body yourself. Your mind is really out here doing what it wants to do. At that point, it's okay to like lean into somebody and have someone else take over your care and be prepared for a long recovery. I think the same thing with COVID, like the same thing I told you. Like whenever you have COVID, do not rush back to work. They have been telling people this for so long, like take a long extended break. I know CDC said five days. However, health professionals are begging people, begging them to please stay at home and lay down until you feel better because what happens is that your infection can, you can be reinfected, your symptoms can flare back up. And they can cause more damage because you, your body's not supposed to have fevers for so many days. You're not supposed to be coughing for so many days. You're not supposed to have this much like fluid in your life. That's not normal. And especially at the extent that sometimes COVID does give to different people, it could really be damaging long term. So just take a listen to your body. Take a break. If your mental health is doing too much, take a break if you can from work. Like end your day early figure it out because this this is a rough time like it really is and we just want to ensure that you guys are making good choices and taking care of yourselves and doing the best you can um it's okay to take a break for your business no one cares about email honestly your sales will be fine take a break because if you're not here how are you gonna make money 100 like john and a took such a massive break we only did the stuff that we had to do for like clients that are like currently in the buying process like we did not worry about like clients that were you know that are like not super serious at the moment like typically those are people that we'd still check in with multiple times a week but we were just like hey we have COVID if you need anything let us know otherwise goodbye like we'll talk to you later and you know we really took took it easy and we're still taking it easy like we like my mom has called every day to be like are you gonna push yourself are you feeling better are you feeling better and I'm like No, like, even though, again, we've had it so much more mild than most people, and especially I have had it even more mild than John, it's just like, we're not pushing ourselves at all, because we just, you just don't know, and I want to do everything I can to prevent having long COVID, so we're just 
pretty much doing a lot of the same things we were doing when we had COVID, eating anti-inflammatory diet, having lots of tea, having lots of rest, having lots of water, staying hydrated, slow movement, a little bit of vitamin D every day. Like we're continually doing those things. And honestly, like I think most of the summer I'm going to be oh yeah, for sure. treating my, you know what I mean? Because now the summer, like summer has arrived. It is 90 something degrees outside. And I don't want to be pushing myself and thinking, oh, well, I'm just pushing through the heat, but it could be my bot. Like I, we just don't know, you know what I mean? And so I'm just going to be taking it easy this summer and, you know, I'm still taking it very seriously. I'm glad that I tested negative, but I'm still very much like, no, no, we're not, we're not pushing. We're not, we're in a season of rest. That's, that's going to be our season for us. Um, and I highly suggest that if you do get sick, you do that. And I highly, highly, highly suggest people to test regularly because nor John, 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 nor I thought that we had COVID. We did not have the symptoms that matched up with what everybody else had. John had the symptoms of a sinus infection, which he gets a sinus infection twice a year because he has a deviated septum and allergies. So we thought it was that. For me, I barely had any symptoms at all, which is not what I would have expected for me. So it's because we test regularly that we found out we had it and we were able, thankfully, we had not seen anyone and we were able to not spread it. Um, But if you're not testing regularly, you need to be, especially, again, after you do anything where you're around a lot of people or you're around unmasked people, like you need to test, period. Their at-home tests are not that expensive. And if you're like, oh, it's, you know, this amount of money, it's like, okay, that should be like, it's worth it because we're talking about literally people's lives here. Like, that's just the reality of it. And if you can't afford them, like, then maybe you shouldn't put yourself in risky situations. Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news on that, but it's like, like, if you're going to be going somewhere and you're going to be hanging out with some people, even if it's like, we didn't hang out with a ton of people in mass, we hung out with two people in mass. But we went to a place that was very busy. Um, and so, you know, it was like a double risk seeing these two people en masse and also being in a place that was incredibly busy. So I knew ahead of time, like, oh, we're going to be, you know, taking a, a test after. And I think before, if you have a person who's older in your life, like for me, it's my mom. We pretty much test whenever we're going to see my mom if we've gone or done anything at all, period. So just please keep testing. <laughs> Absolutely. As always, you can follow us on Heart and Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Heart Hustle Pod. Use the hashtag BossoHeart. Kristen is back on Instagram, so I'm sure she'll be able to see what you posted. If you posted it while she was sick, my bad. I forgot to go in there. It's me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was like, well, she is cool. So to me, like, when you, I'm like, if you're sick, then the podcast doesn't exist. It's fine. We will be, we're on break until she feels. Yes, I, um, I definitely took will, a, a break off of socials for a Yeah, bit. we'll have a good guest uh, coming up and a couple of good ones, especially one guest who I'm so excited that we, who's our veteran guest soon, um, who she really has been talking a lot about Juneteenth. So I'm excited to have her on around coming up so we can kind of get her introspective uh, about her, her viral post because she went super viral the other day so yeah um other than that we are happy that you guys are here as always rate and review on apple podcast on that place that starts with the s and we will be back next week bye-bye Bye-bye.